Time now for another special Meet the Candidates edition of the Morning Line here on KMA. As you know, from time to time over the next few weeks leading up to the November 7th general elections, we're interviewing the candidates running in important school board and citywide races. Today's segment stays on our look at the Shenandoah school board race with one of the challengers in that race, Glenn Mason. Good morning to you, Glenn. Good morning, Mike. Good to have you with us, sir. And uh, first of all, uh, for those who may not be aware of you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, if you will? Okay. I grew up as a Southwest Iowa kid, growing up in Tabor and then Atlantic. And after my freshman year in high school, we moved to Eastern Iowa, a little town of Loudoun, where I graduated in 1969. My dad took the superintendent job there. My parents, both parents were educators. Um, I went on and graduated from Northeast Missouri State, which is now known as Truman State, in 1973. After a a couple of teaching jobs, I I moved to Red Oak and taught there for 17 years. And then I finished off teaching at Nisha Valley, which became East Mills. I retired in 2011, or so I thought thought at the time. And I retired at eight in... Um, and two, as I said, in 2011, but in 2019, in the midst of the COVID year, right before it started, I helped out Essex. They were short a math teacher, and I said I'd do it for one year, so I did that. And in 2014, I married a Shenandoah teacher, Marty Bankston. Okay. Could you talk about why you've decided to run for the Shenandoah School Board? Well... When I came here, I had no personnel agendas, you know, on my, you know, anything or stuff. But what I wanted to do was I really wanted to make a change in some of the things that I see. There, my concerns with school and education would be true about all schools, not just Shenandoah. Okay. My personal experiences with Shenandoah come very well. It's, um, I, in, Seven years ago, my wife and I took in two young ladies who were becoming homeless because of their mother's health, and then, and we, and as she, you know, they um, grew up and they become just like our daughters, and they both went to Iowa State and graduated there with bachelor degrees, and and the younger one is going to get her master's from the University of New Mexico this spring, you know. So I'm really, I have no problem with what's going on there. I also was an assistant coach here at with John Weinrich for three years. Now, my biggest concern, though, deals with what I would call behavioral problems in the lower elementary grades. And that's not just a Shenandoah problem. That's an everywhere problem. These seem to be the result of hostility that the parents and grandparents have towards public education. And this is a whole nationwide problem. I feel that these hostilities are the result of parents and grandparents not having a positive experience when they were in school, and because of this, that attitude has transported the school um, to their children and grandchildren, and, and this is one of the things I would like to try to see if we can change that. This negative experience is a result, I think, of schools not being... um, relevant to these parents, although the schools have gotten better at this, 
we still have implemented uh, one size. We have always had a one size fit all for everybody, and not every student needs to be, <laughs> as we say, I taught math to factor quadratics. Mm-hmm. We must create an educational ba- program that for each student that much um, that seek meets the needs of the student, and that is going to be determined by the student, that student's parents and the school counselor meeting together, like in middle school and so on, and instead of trying to fit all students into one curriculum, Shandola needs to create more curriculum that will meet the needs of the kids. What happens is instead of having this is our curriculum, how do you fit in? It's going to be this is the kid, how do we arrange our curriculum to fit that? Okay, for this to work financially, we got to, uh, find, think outside the box. We need to collaborate with many of our neighboring school districts, such as Clarendon and Riddle. This is one area because I have a lot of close ties to, in Red Oak that I think maybe I could be help, you know, when we talk about collaboration. Okay, let's take an example. If five students at Red Oak are in a program, it becomes hard to justify financially. But if both Clarinda and Red Oak each have five students that are in that same program, then if we combine those programs together, you know, ship kids here and there, um, it, it, could, it makes a lot of sense financially. Now, as far as uh, some of the other concerns, are there any other uh, concerns uh, that you're focusing on as a candidate in this election? No, not really, you know. Now, I'm, the things I'm focused on is, you know, trying to develop programs that meet the needs of all the kids. You know, I'm not, I don't have anything particular that I think that I an expertise in that would help. What about uh, building improvements? As you know, the Shenandoah School District has been focused on building improvements over the last few years. The renovation of the high school, the window replacement of the JK8 building, and now uh, they're looking at a plan for further improvements to that facility. How would you describe the condition of the district's buildings from your standpoint, and what do you believe anything else needs to be done? Well, personally, I don't think the school's in that bad a shape, but, you know, there's always things, you know, you cannot have a building that's as old as this one is, and that's what, I don't know, 50-some years old, the high school building, that doesn't need repair and, and some changes and so on. But overall, the buildings are reasonably good shape. They've been kept up pretty well. Now, as far as uh, safety and security is concerned, uh, over the past year or so, the district has taken preliminary steps to improve safety and security at each facility. How safe do you believe the facilities are, and what, if anything else, should be done in terms of security from your standpoint? Well, I'm really not, I'm not totally sure what all their security measures are, you know. So I know that they've um, did some of the, I think, uh, SR, you know, uh, resource person and so on. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not so sure that um, that's not something that I'm really extremely aware of yet. I will, if I get on the board, I will find out more about it. There's been a lot of discussion, not uh, not really in Shenandoah, but across uh, the country right now, 
as far as the materials that are used in classes and available at media centers and libraries. What are your thoughts on some of the things that are being done as far as uh, banning books or parental control over these uh, materials? Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Okay, number one, you know, when you ban a book, you really have to be careful to make sure, you know, Sometimes you don't want to just start banning books right off the bat because, you know, if a person doesn't want their child to read it, that's fine, you know, and keep them away. But you can't tell somebody else that their child can't read a book, especially if that parent wants them to read it and so on. So and that is my, my biggest concern. A lot of people, they don't even know why they don't want that book. They just want they read it from some newsletter or some something that's Facebook that came out and said, oh, this book needs to be banned. Some of the things that happened, um, there, there are two areas that seem to be, they are big on. The LGBTQ plus um, areas, which I think there needs to be an um, age-appropriate um, decision. But, you know, the state pretty well has rules for that. Now, where my biggest concern is, a lot of it on the race stuff is, oh, I'm a little shaky. I think they're a little shaky on trying to ban some of this stuff because, you know, like the book 1619, I've read it. I have a copy at home, and I think that it's perfectly fine. You know, I have about 30 graduate hours of history, and, you know, the things they have in there, they're, I think they're pretty factually correct, and a person has to understand its perspective. So... You know, we we just because somebody doesn't meet what you think is correct doesn't mean you ban something. Well, Glenn, we've run out of time. Thank you very much for being with us this morning, and we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good rest of the day. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's Glenn Mason, candidate for the Shenandoah School Board race on the morning line on KMA.